Hello everybody, my name is Terry O'Regan and I've been a member of the Gold Hill family for the last 20 years and it's just been an absolute privilege and an honor to serve this family. And I'm really excited about the passage of scripture that I've been asked to speak about this morning, which is Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3. And the reason that I'm excited about it is because right in the very beginning of God's word, we see that his heart is revealed, his, his plan for mankind, a plan of grace and of love and a plan of blessing. So let's get into it right away and by reading Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So let's start by giving a little bit of context to this amazing promise that God gave to Abraham. And we read, you know, the context is what we see in Genesis 1 to 11 and the preceding chapters, which really reveal the depravity of man's heart. There's Adam and Eve, where they choose to do things their way rather than God's way and sin enters the world. There's Cain and Abel, where Cain is jealous of Abel and murders him. You know, there is the, the, the Noah's Ark and the, uh, the building of Noah's Ark and the flood, where God looks on the earth and sees that the inclination of man's heart was evil all the time. And then coming out of those first 11 chapters, we come to Genesis chapter 12, where God says, I have a plan. I'm not phased by the sin. I want to deal with the sin. And this plan is that through you, Abraham, I will be, you will be a blessing to the nations of the world. To you and your seed, you will be a blessing. And so we see God's heart right in the very beginning that He wants to bless the nations of the world. And His plan is to, to bless them through you and through me. So what does it mean to be blessed? Blessing is more than just, is more than just having enough. It's having more than enough. And I hope today I can communicate something of God's image of blessing, where your cup overflows. And to do that, I want to use two stories from the Bible. The one is the widow of Zarephath, where all she had was a little bit of oil. But God takes that. He takes what we have and He blesses it extravagantly. And so we see that with, with, with the widow of Zarephath, and Elijah, that he says to her, you will never again run out of flour or oil. There was just this abundance. She needed, she needed the oil and the, and, and the flour now, but God promises her that she would never run out of that again. We also look at a New Testament story. We look at Peter, who was des in desperate need of fish, and he fished all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, cast your net on the other side. And they catch so much fish that they were worried that the nets were going to break. And so we see in both this Old Testament and this New Testament um, story, we see the heart of God that when he blesses, he blesses extravagantly. And He wants you to fulfill every promise that has been spoken over your life. He wants you to step into the inheritance that He has for you. And He wants you to be a blessing so that you can be a blessing to others. He wants your cup to overflow so that it splashes on those around you. But I, I want to put blessing into context too. Because, you know, 
I am of the belief that if God never did another thing for you or I, we would still be blessed. We would still be called the blessed of God. Why do I say that? Because when I think about what Christ did for me, you know, that He redeemed my life from the pit, that His mercies are new every morning, no matter how I mess up, I experience His mercy and His forgiveness. That He has said He would never stop loving me and that there's nothing that I can do to make Him love me any less and there's nothing I can do to make Him love me anymore. He loves me extravagantly and He loves you extravagantly. He's accepted you and I and He calls us His own and He calls us children of God. We no longer walk this tightrope of rules and regulations, but we meander through this field of grace. And ultimately, we're going to get those eternal riches. That, that, that time when we come and we are fully in His presence, where He wipes away every tear. And David in Psalm 84 says, I would rather spend one day in your courts than a thousand, day, a thousand days elsewhere. It's going to be a magnificent banquet and a place that is the ultimate prize for us who are the beloved and the blessed of God. But I know God and His arm is not too short. I know that He can't help Himself as you often, those of you that have children, know you want to bless your children. God wants to bless you. And I know that even though Christ has already done so much for us, God will continue to bless you and to pour out His favor upon your life. So the second question is, does God still bless today? Does He bless everybody? And you know, we see in Scripture that Paul is so clear about the fact that those of us that believe in Christ, those of us of faith, are the seeds of Abraham. And so I am convinced that this promise in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, is also a promise to you. And this is the good news. You cannot give away what you don't have. You cannot export what you haven't experienced. And so God wants to bless you. But as I've already said, the reason He wants to bless you is so that your cup will overflow and so that it will splash on those around you. He wants to bless you so that you can be an authentic and genuine blessing to other people. And so it does beg the question, like, what is God doing in your life at the moment? What is the blessing that you are experiencing at the moment that potentially you might be holding on to it too much for yourself and that God wants you to give that away? You know, He wants you to, to be a blessing to your community and those around you. Only you can answer that question. The third question, though, is how do we receive the blessing of God? How do we make ourselves blessable? And the very first thing I want to say is there's no shortcut to blessing. There is always a waiting period. When we look at Genesis chapter 12 and we see the fulfillment of that, pro that, that promise with, in Genesis 21 with the birth of, of, of Isaac, we see that there was a 25-year waiting period. When we look at Joseph, he had this promise that he would be a person of stature and a person in high places. People would be bowing down to him. But then he found himself in a pit and he found himself forgotten in a prison cell. There's always that waiting period. Paul, you know, with this great anointing and promise that he would be a blessing to the Gentiles, went into the desert to be prepared for what God had planned for him. And I've often wondered, why is there this waiting period between the promise of blessing and often when we experience it? And I think it's because God wants to work on our character, but He also wants to work on our faith. 
He wants us to be like Abraham, which against all odds, against all hope, believed God. And it was a credit to him as faith. And I've got this really cheesy little story that I apologize up front that I'm going to share with you. But I think it brings home this point. And it was about this person who was late for a meeting and desperately looking for a parking and went around and around and around the block trying to find a parking and eventually cried out to God and said, God, please, can you help me find a parking? I'm already late. And as they came around the corner, there in front of them was this parking exactly in front of the, uh, of, of the meeting house. And the person responded by saying, don't worry, God, I've already found one. And it's, it's a cheesy story, but you see, I think sometimes when the blessing comes too quickly, we can sometimes think that it's our own cleverness, it's our own schemes, it's our own natural talent that caused us to have this favor or this blessing. But when we wrestle with it with God, and when we have to hold on to the promises of God, and it is fulfilled, we are convinced that it was God who is the giver of all good gifts. So there's always a waiting period um, when, when it comes to blessing. The other thing I want to say to you is don't write yourself off. You know, what we see is Abraham got a bit impatient over that 25-year period and decided to take matters into his own hands where he decided to sleep with his servant girl, Hagar, and obviously there was the, the birth of Ishmael. But God didn't get phased by that either. You know, he, he redeems that and he still brings about his plans and his promises for the life of Abraham. So I'm saying here today, no matter what you've done, you know, as long as you've got a tender and a repentant heart, don't write yourself out of the blessing of God. God wants to bless you. You are his child and he wants to be extravagant in the demonstration of his love to you. And the final thing that I would say is, is to, to receive the blessing of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold him to account to the things that he has spoken over your life and the life of your family. God is moved by faith and he invites us to come boldly into the throne of grace. To come not as a slave but as a child and, and, to, to, and to partner with him to hold him to account to the promises and the blessings that he has spoken over your life. So hold on to the word of God. Hold on to, to the blessing and the promises of God and, and, and enter the throne room of grace boldly as you, as you are stirred by faith and God is stirred by your faith to bring it to pass. So in conclusion, um, I've hoped today that I have been able to communicate something of the promise of Genesis chapter 12, that that promise is actually a promise to you, that you will be a blessing because you are blessed. I hope I've also been able to give you an image of the extravagance of God's love and grace and affection for you and the blessing that he wants to pour into your life. But also the blessing is not for you to hold on to it, but to give it away. And I want to leave you with this one last image of the extravagant of God's love and grace for you and the blessing that he wants to pour into your life. And it is from Psalm 23, the psalm about the good shepherd. But if we read that and if you put yourself into that, that, that psalm, what it really says is that he wants, he wants you to find rest in green pastures. He wants to shower you with blessing. He wants you to be his righteousness as though you had never sinned. He wants to remove all fear 
And when life gets tough and you find yourself in the presence of your enemies, what does God do? He prepares a banqueting table to sustain you. He wants to anoint your, your, your head with oil. He wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit so that you have the comforter, but you also have this partner of God, this, this God himself in you so that you can be victorious in every situation that you find yourself in. And he wants your cup to overflow. Why? So that it can splash on those around you. And it ends by saying, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And you know and I know that goodness and mercy is a person. And God pursues you. He runs after you. You know, we see that in, in, in the prodigal. He picks up his cloak and he runs to you. And I believe that God is, is wanting to remind you that he's the God that pursues you. And goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. So there's three questions I leave with you. Where are you experiencing the blessing of God that you haven't really recognized it yet as the blessing and you need to become a worshiper and a praise, um, a person of praise, thanking God for what He's doing in your life? Where is your cup overflowing that you can actually be a blessing to other people? And where is it that you've given up on some of the promises of God that you've once again got to enter into the throne of grace and hold God to account for the things He's spoken over your life. Thank you.